Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Why don't we just pray uh, before we get started and ask God to be with us right now. Speak to us. Thank Him that He is here. God, we worship You. Jesus, we thank You, God, for what You've done in C3 Tugra in hundreds of lives. God, but what You're doing all across the planet and the salvation that You've provided for us. God, we thank You that You're here with us right now. And I ask that You would do something uh, beautiful in our midst, God, uh, that we celebrate family and relationship and all those things, but Jesus, that you would reveal yourself to us, that you would give us something that would strengthen us, that would motivate us, that would equip us for the next season ahead. And so we ask that you uh, have your way in this service, that you would speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I wonder if you can chuck up uh, the scripture on the screen, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. I just want to point out firstly, this is going to be a, a mishmash of all sorts of different little things to take from or what you will. I want to touch on what Ra said is that what we're doing is, is you know, it's different to what, it's a different context to what a lot of us may be, you know, stepping into, but, but the task is the same. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Church, we have been given a universal mission from Jesus Christ. The context is different. Jamie and I are going to go to Africa. Most of you are going to stay here, at least for the next season. Some of you will make your way in different parts of the, the world in different seasons. But the mission that the church has been given is the same for each and every one of us. It's a mission not just given to pastors, not just people who get paid to run church. It's a task that has been given to every disciple of Jesus Christ, is that you have been commissioned from God to go and make disciples of people in your world. And your job description, it's not to do, you can do it while you're doing your vocation. You can do it while you're you're going about your life, but it's it's not your vocation. It's, It's a mission from God that you have been Uh, that that Jesus said, would you please go and spread the good news about me everywhere you go? And I just want to really, number one, touch on that because Pastor Phil's been talking a lot about this magnificent surrender and he's been talking about surrendering to the mission that God has given you. And I would love to see, you know, our whole church just really engaging in that mission everywhere you go. To be honest, we don't, I, I don't, you know, Africa, I feel blessed to go to Africa. I don't feel like it's too much of a, a, a sacrifice. I, 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 who, who gets to go to Africa to, to start a church and hang out? I think it's awesome. I think, like, you know, it's not like, oh, Garth and Jamie sacrificing so much. Oh, I'm thankful. I, what a privilege I can go on this adventure and do this thing. But, but you have equally the same important 
task given to you with where you are. And you need to understand that and embrace that. And so you might hear a lot, you know, people maybe not in church go, oh, Christians just want to convert you. And uh, that's true. And, and, and uh, unapologetically say that uh, without a shadow of a doubt, I want to convert you and we want to convert you. And why wouldn't you when we have the message that we have been given, the message that I've received in this church and the message that has changed my life and transformed my life, the message that every person has fallen short of God, but he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross rise again so that we can be connected to him for eternity, find purpose, find ultimate love, find everlasting relationship with our God. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a story. This is a truth, a factual event, a reality in your world and in my world. Romans 3, if we could throw that up, Romans 3, uh, 23, it says this, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. All of us. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that you're a bad per- everyone's a bad person? Well, no, no, no. Not by the world's standard. See, that was the problem that I had. See, 15 years ago, um, year 2000, I, I came to, you know, had people like Luke and Candace and a few others talking to me about this Jesus, right? Saying, yeah, come to church, come to church. I said, no, thank you. That is not for me. There's no way on God's green earth I'll be, ever be in church. And, and so I had this, you know, so I, but, but eventually I, as Pastor Julie said, I sort of thought, I, I sussed it out, I, you know, was around a little bit. And I finally come to this conclusion and had a bit of faith that actually I believe that Jesus did live on this earth, even die on a cross and rise again. And so I came into church, I was too scared to come down the front because uh, I knew they were going to ask me to come down the front. I was too scared to do that. And I said, uh, if I come, can Luke Boyd pray for me after the service and that I can receive Jesus? And so my friend said, yeah, Luke's, he's got, got this gift of a pastor. He could help you with that. And so I came and, and, and we stood at the high school hall after the service. I, pastor Phil was preaching. I'm like, oh, if he could stop doing what he's doing now, I want to give my life to Jesus after the service. And so I did. It was all, you know, very, you know, we just we said the prayer and it was great and it was wonderful. But you see, I come from a good family. They're here now. They're a good family. And so I, I believe that Jesus died on a cr- cross and rose again, but I actually didn't believe that I needed forgiveness. That was the problem. I, I, I thought, I'm a good person. I haven't murdered anyone and I haven't, you know, done all these bad things that we typically associate with people who need forgiveness. And, and so I was, I was wrestling with that. I'm like, oh, I believe, but for me, I'm, what have I done really? I, you know. But then I sort of realized over the journey, I'd, you know, I went off and did things in the you know, late teenage years and, and quickly realized that, hey, I, I'm not perfect and I actually do need forgiveness. And so I came back a year later after falling away from church a bit. And I came back a year later and I asked the same thing. It was exactly a year later. First time I prayed with Luke, Good Friday, the year 2000. The second time, Good Friday, the year 2001. The difference was this. The difference was this. The first time I said a prayer. The second time I said a prayer from my heart in tears, crying, 
saying, Jesus, I do fall short. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not by the world's standards a terrible person, but I have fallen short. We have all fallen short, whether you're the good person that has just fallen short, whether you're the drug addict that has just fallen short, whether you're the adulterer that has just fallen short, whether you're the murderer who has just fallen short, we all have fallen short. But I want to read a scripture, and uh, it's John 3, 16 to 17. And so with this in mind, you know, this is, we've got, we're in this, this worldwide dilemma that we have fallen short and we need saving. We can't save ourselves. We can't provide the, we can't earn the forgiveness of sin. We can't buy the forgiveness of sin. We can't, you know, work hard for it. It had to be given to us by someone that could pay the price that we couldn't, and that's Jesus. For God, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Do you know Jesus didn't come to say, you know what, turn to me or else I'm going to judge you. What he did say was, you're in trouble. Either way, (laughs) you stand condemned already. But what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to die on a cross. I'm going to rise again so you can be free. That's the thing. It's not him saying, choose me or else. He's saying humankind has this inbuilt dilemma of sin. And unless something is dealt with, you're stuffed. But I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do what you can't do. Why am I talking about this? What has this got to do with anything? Guys, this is the gospel. What else could you share on the last time you're preaching other than the gospel? Don't complicate church too much. Don't get it too fancy. Don't get it, you know, don't turn it into, you know, too many side issues. The main fact that we are here is because we worship a savior and we are all on a mission to let the world know that that is for every single person on this planet. Why don't we read just quickly as well, Mark 12. I've been thinking about this a lot. I was at college a um, seven, eight years ago and Fergus McIntyre, if any of you know him, has a great prophetic gift, and he, you know, he's the sort of guy, he's like just prophesy over someone and, and just, you know, predict events that are happening in the nation or whatever. And so, and he came to pray for me. I'm like, what's he going to say? This is going to be amazing. He's going to, you know, tell me some great things about my future and my life. And he, and he, and he prayed for me and he said, ah, and it sort of dropped on me. He goes, this is it for you. Love God and love people. And I was like, oh, that's pretty simple, isn't it? That's pretty simple. I guess I'll check out this this scripture on that. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. That's Christianity. Love God. Love people. The whole law was summed up in those two things. Everything that was important to the people of God was summed up in two things. Love God, love people. Not because they're so simple and that's all you need to do, but because they encompass everything about our walk. And I've just talked about loving God as if you wouldn't love God, as if you, when you know what he's done for you, why wouldn't you? It's not something you have to try and do. It's not something you have to force you, but when you, you see the grace of Jesus Christ, 
Your natural response is to love him and, and to let others know about it. But I just said, you know, the, the sort of the last thing I want to touch on and lead us into what Jamie and I want to talk about a little bit is that second part, love God but love people. I find it a lot easier to love God than people. I, 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 don't really like, I didn't really like people very much. If you're wondering if I, was, if I liked you, I probably didn't when I first came here. I do now. I didn't like people. I, you know, I just, people, Jesus is good, people are mean and people are, are weird, but, but God has said, but it's a big deal to God. Love God, love people. Let me just read you a couple of, a couple of scriptures. 1 Thessalonians, we could read that one. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 to 10. This is Paul and he's saying, but we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other for God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers through Macedonia Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Paul's saying, you already love people. It's good. You're good. I don't need to tell you to do it again. But even still, let me urge you to love them even more. It's such a big deal. I know you do it, and I probably don't need to tell you, but let me tell you anyway, keep loving them and love each other more and more. Um, 1 John 3.11 says this, This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And you know what is so about John who wrote that is so amazing that this was a guy that was a son of thunder who turned into the one that Jesus loved. This was a guy, John, the Apostle John, who leaned against Jesus at the Last Supper. And there's a church tradition that says when they would carry John into church when he was an old man, like in his 90s, they'd carry him in and they'd say, Talk to us, John. Let's hear your, your wisdom. And he kept saying, he'd say, little children, love one another. And they go, John, listen, man, I, you, you've said that a lot. You, you say it every time you, we hang out. It's like, Pastor Phil, every week you're saying the same thing. Uh, give us something different. Why do you keep saying this? He says, well, if you do that alone, it's enough. If you can just love one another. And I want to encourage you this morning, love God, love people. But when you're loving people, it's going to take time and energy, and I want you to encourage you to, for it to be genuine. See, when we're making disciples, you can't make disciples without loving people. You can't. It turns into a formula. Okay, I'm going to make a disciple. Okay, I'll get someone in my connect group, and I'll talk to them about the Bible. But if you don't love them genuinely, then it's not going to work. See, making a disciple is not inviting someone to church. It's a good thing to do, but it's not, that's not it. It's not sending someone a text message. It's building genuine, loving, consistent, intentional relationship with people. That takes time and energy. I want to ask you this morning, church, will you be people who will love God and love people? Will you be intentional and will you sacrifice this magnificent surrender? Will you surrender your time and energy to build relationships with people. How many times have you spent money to save time and energy? I think time and energy is almost more important in our society than money. We spend money to save time. And so will you, will you take up the call this morning? Will you take up and that magnificent surrender of loving God and, and surrendering your time and energy to make disciples and to love people?
hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.